What's up, nerds? Welcome back to the Games On Dude, a Big Ten basketball podcast that is having a pretty good hair day, all things considered. I'm your dear sweet Babar. I'm Chris. I I don't have a great hair day. I was wearing a went to really? the store today. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of got some hat hair going on. I'm going to be honest, man. I, I typed up that intro just now because of my observation of your hair. Well... Folks, wear a wear a hat to the uh, the grocery store for an hour and a half, and that's the that's the key to to well coiffed uh, locks. This is now a men's fashion and self care podcast. Uh. Today we'll be covering sleep hygiene, grooming, and but before we get into that, dog shit basketball conference has. Uh, just to let our listeners know, uh, Tommy Crimes is once again not here tonight. There's nothing wrong with him. He's just been tapped to coach the Michigan Wolverines in their next game, and he's got to figure out what's what. Yeah, I, I, things are going pretty well over there, so it's a, an exciting opportunity for him. Um, we're looking forward to see what he can do in, in Ann Arbor. Yeah, I you know, a lot of people were kind of getting on Michigan for this sort of merry-go-round coaching strategy they have, but uh, you can't argue with the results. No, um, you really can't. No, um, they, they are, they have come so close to winning some basketball games. Um, you have to imagine <laughs> that it's like right around the corner for them. And like with them, it's, you know, nobody's paying attention to them right now, given, you know, what else is going on in their athletic department. So like, if you're going to try some stuff out, like take it for a spin, like see what, see if something sticks. I do love the idea. Um, just to, I cannot imagine that if you are listening to this podcast, you don't know. But earlier today, Juwan Howard, or yesterday, if you're listening to this podcast on Monday, which you probably are, uh, Juwan Howard tapped uh, Phil Martelli to coach his uh, basketball team today, uh, ostensibly because they were coaching in the uh, Palestra, which yeah, back in Philly, where Martelli's kind of a big deal. But personally... If I were on the white hot supernova seat that I'm currently sitting on, as Juwan Howard is, and uh, have had a very, let's generously refer to it as an up and down season in Ann Arbor, I don't think I'd just be handing off coaching duties in any sort of ceremony or hat tip of any kind. What about you, Chris? Yeah. Well, the other thing is like, if it's the if it's the end of February or March and you're kind of already played out of tournament contention, I can see like a scenario where I say, "Hey, Martelli's already announced he's retiring after this season. Let's give him a good send off." Um, probably not what you want to do on January seventh, right? As Big Ten play is firing back up, but hey, you know, teach their own. Yeah, it's. Uh... Props, and we're going to talk more about Michigan here in a little bit, but but props to the Wolverines for taking an extremely weird season and finding even weirder things to do. Um, I'm just curious, like, how they're going to continue to, like, up the ante. Like, what's next? Like, Doug McDaniel player coach? Like, I, I feel ooh. like everything's on the table. I think you got to kind of – everyone's kind of expecting something weird to happen on the coaching bench, so I do think you got to zag a little bit. we got to get something – we got to get a weird player story. Um Remember a few years ago when uh, an IU player hit another IU player with his car? We, we need something new to this. New to this is new to me. Need the info. We, we need who's 
who is most likely on Michigan's roster to hit another player on Michigan's roster with their car? Let's uh, let's get this settled right now. Paris Reed is kind of Emmett Holt coded, <laughs> just in like play style, and which which leads us to the more possibly the the obvious follow up question: Which Michigan player is most likely to get hit by that car? And you can't say Will Cheddar. Fuck. <laughs> Um, uh, I would go with Jawan's injured kid it'd be the the other Howard is it Jace Jace Howard (laughs) we did it folks we figured it out or George Washington like a game of Clue (laughs) Terrace Reed with a 2018 Chevy Cobalt in the parking lot in the Chipotle oh parking God. lot. <laughs> just, just tearing ass out of the Chipotle lane right into his teammate. Have, <laughs> which, quick Chipotle update. Have you seen the Chipotle lane? Yeah, there's one on, uh, um, if you're in Indianapolis, on Benford. Okay. Like Benford and 70th, they've got the, you know, the drive-through. So my... Deal. My town has emerged from the third world in the last year, and we now have a Chipotle, um, and it has a Chipotle lane. I had never seen it before. Uh, for those who don't know where I live, uh, you can just ask any Rucker fan over the next couple days, and they'll <laughs> let you know where to find me. Um, they'll also <laughs> be able to provide your social security number, yes. bank accounts, and any other personally identifiable information my daughter's second grade teacher (laughs) all all the information you need just go to uh on the banks part of the sb nation blog network uh the comment section should get you sorted okay so uh it's been a minute since we've talked to you guys so we're gonna dive in uh and sort of rapid fire around the conference we're gonna go over the results Um, And then we're going to get you guys set up for the next week of games. And then hopefully uh, next Monday, we will have something resembling a normal podcast with all three of us. Um, No one's going to be coaching the Michigan Wolverines. No one's going to be preparing for a jury trial. Um, You know, we're going to, we're going to all be here and we're going to give you the, the analysis. Football's over. Football's over. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Holy cow. All right. Let's dig in. So uh, we're going to start at the tip top of the conference with uh, the team everyone expected to see at this point, the Wisconsin Badgers. Wisconsin. It's so fitting that this is going to be a Wisconsin year. <laughs> it's, I mean, listen, there are worse outcomes and I can't. And if you told me that like 10 years ago, I'd have punched you in the dick. But uh, yeah, uh, looking up the list now, you know, anyway. Wisconsin started their new year with wins over Iowa and Nebraska. Um, Both very impressive with some score totals. We're not typically used to seeing from our, uh, our friends in Madison beating Iowa 83 to 72 and uh, Nebraska 88 to 72. What do we, uh, both these games were in the Kohl center. Chris, what do we think of our high flying Badgers? They're just solid. Like there's in typical Wisconsin fashion, they just kind of do everything well. They don't beat themselves. Um, we've got a top 10 offense right now in Ken Palm. It's really, 
really uh, messed up to look at. But you um, like you look at like their shooting splits and kind of like their um you know like their advanced metrics on Kempon. They nothing like really stands out. They just kind of you look up and they're scoring. They just don't do 70, anything. Set, they don't do anything wrong. Like they don't do anything poorly. You know that's uh they're not they're they're bang average long distance shooters and they don't even shoot it all that much, but they, uh, uh, they don't beat themselves. They don't turn the ball over. They, they get their hands on their misses. They hit their, they get to the free throw line. They hit their free throws. I mean, they just kind of keep coming at you. Um, and so it's not one of those things where a cold shooting night is necessarily going to sink them. Uh, they can, they'll, they'll grind you out. They'll, they'll do it. And we've talked about it, before but this aj store kid holy shit um he's he's a problem (laughs) i don't know how he found his way to wisconsin but man i hope he doesn't stay very long no Um, he's uh he's a bucket that is that is for sure yeah i mean there's just not a whole lot of guys like him in the big 10 and um you know he definitely gives them an element that they haven't had in a while we're just kind of like a big wing that when you know possessions kind of breaking down throw it to him and let him let him go make something something happen the only other guy that i can think of that's uh anything like him from a skill size perspective is uh currently under indictment in kansas so um (laughs) he's he's now he now stands alone uh free and clear of any legal troubles and uh eligible to play, which, uh, makes him, a makes him a problem for the rest of the conference. So, um, do we, do we like Wisconsin as a, as an actual title challenger this year? Not a national title challenger. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I think so. They, they get Purdue at home, um, in early February and then, uh, the season finale at Purdue um, in Mackey, Ooh! which could, uh, depending Someone on how knew things shake out, could be, could be uh, with the title on the line. That would be um, excellent. The other but thing about Wisconsin, they're big. They're big. They're big. They're always big, but let's point out they're big. Yeah. Steven Crowell's not going to give up all that much physically to Zach Eady. Now, no. Stephen Crowell's not like good, but um, he's <laughs> he's a body. He's a body. He's he's a junior. He's been playing college basketball for a long time. He's got he's got an offensive game outside the paint. It's usually just catch and shoot three pointers, but that's more than you know. Zach Eady's going to have to guard that. Um, yeah. So Wisconsin could, in theory, um spread you know spread Purdue out around the arc and and not really have anyone completely out of their element um you don't really love Tyler Wall back there but he can put the ball in the deck a little bit and so um i anyway to build off what you were saying i i really do think they're about the only team i've seen so far that's not yeah, only going mean, to be with... that not only matches up well with Purdue and gives them a chance but is also going to take care of business throughout the rest of their schedule and yeah. uh and and be there and be a factor in the end. 
Yeah. There's a couple of I other previously teams. would Yeah. I was gonna, we talked uh last time that um about Illinois that we kind of felt they were the only other team that like talent wise could really give them a run for their money, but you know, after that's that's re- all over after now. recent <laughs> events and also they just they lost to um Purdue this week. Um I think that's kind of And I out and that's door. actually we, we can kind of jump right in because, uh, you know, Purdue currently sitting in second in the conference spent their week smashing Maryland on the road, 67 to 53 in a game that in a, in a scoreline that frankly flatters the Terrapins. Um, then they also went back home to Mackey and, uh, and beat Illinois 83 to 78. I, a lot of people want to say that scoreline flatters Illinois. And I can definitely get that argument given how Purdue spent the vast majority of that game up by double digits. Um, Mm -hmm. But Purdue packed it in with like eight minutes to go for reasons I I do not understand. I mean, Illinois came back because Purdue gave them no choice. Uh, They, they, they started, I mean, they were making mistakes all over the place, taking bad shots, uh, completely disinterested in defense. I just never, you don't usually see Matt Painter teams kind of ejected altitude like, uh, like Purdue did there. And strangely enough, it's pretty much a carbon copy. They played that exact same game against Illinois in Mackey Arena last season, uh, yeah. where you looked up at pretty much any point during the game and Purdue's up by double digits. And then here we are suddenly with three and a half minutes to go and it's single digits. So mm-hmm. not sure what's going on there other than that. I'm not buying Illinois at all as a top 10 team in the country. Uh, Certainly not without Terrence Shannon. Um, And I think I'm kind of safe to assume we've seen the last of him in an Illinois uniform uh, as someone intimately familiar with the criminal justice system. I I don't expect there to be any um, evidentiary developments between now and the end of March that's going to lead uh, Illinois to if they, if they're suspending him now, I can't see there being a change uh, in circumstances uh, that's going to uh, merit bringing, bringing Shannon back into the fold at this point. So I think Illinois is who they are and who they're going to be. And it's just, they're pretenders. I mean, that's, I, I, that's just the word that keeps coming to mind. I understand they're seventh on Ken Palm right now. I understand it's tough to win at Mackey. We only lost by five. We just smashed Northwestern by 30 points. I, uh, I just I don't see guys that are are going to be able to stay consistent that are going to have the consistency that's needed to win a Big 10 title. I'm not saying they're going to miss the tournament or or even, you know, not have a decent year, but if we're just talking about title contenders, I've really kind of scratched Illinois off because I just don't I don't I don't see it with these guys. Um just a lot of well I don't yeah, like watching I, I, I don't Hawkins think play basketball. Of... What? I don't like watching Coleman Hawkins play basketball. No. Um, one of the more troubling visages in, in college basketball. Um, yeah, I don't think they're really in any danger of missing the tournament. Um, I think I wouldn't be surprised if they still finish top four in the league. Like there's, They have a talented roster, but I mean, you take an All-American off of any team in college basketball and they're probably yeah um probably going to fall back a little bit especially one that was playing at the level that that Terrence Shannon was um yeah couldn't couldn't have happened to a a better fan base though frankly (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> it was uh it's kind of interesting to as a uh no surprise to anyone as as an Indiana fan to to watch a, a Purdue Illinois game and not really know what I want to have happen here. Um beyond some sort of massive structural failure of the yeah. arena that everybody's meteor strike. In. Yeah. It's uh but certainly uh Illinois fans have spent the last week uh making sure that I didn't feel uh too bad that that Purdue's uh, march to another Big Ten title continues unabated. Um, just uh, my, just a, just some quick advice uh, that I I feel competent to give, given my day job. When one of your players finds themselves embroiled in the criminal justice system, maybe just shut the fuck up. You know, just we like just don't say anything, don't post anything, don't tweet anything, don't. Uh, don't share screenshots of text messages you received. Like you guys have no clue. Uh, a bunch of people involved in the process don't have any idea. Um, and if they did, they're they're not sharing that information. So just uh, shut the fuck up and uh, let everything happen. It's uh, the system's in place. We've got our checks. We've got our balances. We've got our rules. And uh, don't tweet. Don't tweet. Yeah, it's uh, especially given this particular situation. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a difference between LOL Mackenzie and Baco got arrested outside of a Taco yeah. Bell. DJ Bird, like, DJ Bird gets arrested at a bar. Like that's yeah. like those are cheeky crimes. <laughs> yeah, like you know, sexual you get, assault, right? Yeah, you not, get to the higher not, level not the better. <laughs> not sure not something you really want to be joking yeah. about online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It don't and, and like. On what planet is it ever going to work out for you to like change your Twitter display name to Terrence Shannon is innocent? Like, because even if he is, like, what did you, what was there to gain? Oh, I stood by Terrence Shannon from the very beginning. Okay, congratulations. Um, but if he's guilty then you look like a really big jackass, right? So kind of like the, uh, what do you call it? Pascal's wager. Like, let's uh, just be quiet, uh, see what happens, and react once it's happened is my is my advice to Illinois fans. Uh, focus maybe on even your, react offline. That's like, true. You could always you, you could always meet your buddy at a bar and and say these things out loud where they'll never be traced back to you. That's what bars are for. Uh, you say all yeah. this, you, you, and now your thoughts are in the Library of Congress. So it's just not on X, the everything app. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Anyway, um, <clears throat> moving on to our third place team in the Big Ten, which is I'm just going to double check this real quick. Yep, it's Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota, They're frisky man, two and zero. That called it a month ago. They're frisky. We've done we've done a lot of Ben Johnson slander on this podcast, and yeah. it's getting close to walk it back territory. I won't be doing that right now. Um, I mean, I guess I, I I've got some crow to eat on Michigan to, before I even do before I can even begin considering changing my <laughs> tune on Ben Johnson. Um, but they've uh, they've gone two and zero 
in the new in the new year. They've won at Michigan. Hey, Juwan. And uh just beat Maryland today, 65-62. Uh Minnesota. What is what's our expectations here? Uh maybe maybe they go five hundred. Or it's <laughs> Because think of all Minnesota has had to accomplish at this point just to get us to say, uh, I don't know. <laughs> we're, ta- we're talking about them 20 minutes. When have we talked about Minnesota, like, not through the vehicle? Oh, hey, this team beat the shit out of them. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, three weeks ago, if I had said, what are our expectations about Minnesota? It's an immediate, who cares? They're not going anywhere. They're going to win, like, nine games total, right. not conference. Now they're... There's three and one in the Big Ten. Yeah, they don't. They don't have. I mean, that loss to Missouri is not great. Looking worse all the time now that they might be yeah. uh, entering the. Hey, what's your resume again? Territory. Uh, you know, you lose to Missouri back in November. You just think, ah, oh, bad team has a bad loss. Not going to matter. Well, now someone's going to have to win these Big Ten games. Uh, Ken Palm and all of his infinite wisdoms got them finishing 18 and 13, 9 and 11 in the Big Ten. I don't think that gets them into the tournament. Not no. this year and not with that non conference, uh, which is nothing. Uh, their best yeah, non conference win is Florida Gulf Coast. Hey, hold on. Hold on. Let's not. Hold on. Hold on. Let's not Wait. slander wins against Florida Gulf Coast. I'm sorry. It's Maine. Maine is their um. best non conference win. Uh, Florida Gulf Coast should be second, but um, Ben Johnson really leaning hard into like, let's just shoot three pointers. And if they go in, we're going to win. And if they don't, we'll lose, but whatever. Uh, and they're not bad. They've, he's got, he's got shooters. He's got a presence in the middle with Dawson Garcia and uh, they're frisky. I, Listen, I really don't want to go up to the barn any year, but I sure as shit don't want to go up there now. Yeah, uh, this transfer they got from Howard Elijah Hawkins, holy cow, that kid is tearing defenses up. Yeah, Um, he he is. He had Jameer Young in in hell today. He is Um, extremely nice with it. Uh, Sweet looking shot, too. Uh, Yeah, I mean, there's just... They're they've got, I think, for the first time in in Johnson's tenure, they've you can see like the signs of the talent. Um, yeah, I don't know that it's quite at the level that they're going to be, you know, a tournament team or, or really competing for the big a Big Ten um, title or anything like that. But you know, they're they've been competitive. They're winning. That's more you can that you can say about them in the last two seasons. So I think. I, at, before the season, um, I can't remember kind of what our read was, on them was, but I think the, the kind of consensus was they need to show some sign of like tangible progress under yeah. Johnson. And, and I think they've shown that. I, I think regardless of yeah. how the how the final numbers, you you cannot argue like that looks like a that looks like a team playing the game the way their coach wants them to play it, executing at a high level. They're still low on talent. Um, they're going to have trouble because let's, you know, let's put the three and one start in perspective though. No, you know, we're not here to slander three and one big 10 starts. 
Um, but that, you know, those are wins over uh, Michigan, Maryland, and uh, oh, who did they beat before the, Nebraska. Before the year started? Nebraska. So, which, hey, listen, not everyone can do that. Um, no. So uh, the, the road win over Michigan, probably the most impressive. Uh, just, again, I think Minnesota – and, and really any any Big Ten team beyond its, its two or three best offerings is always going to be a different animal at home than they are on the road. So any any road win has found gold when, when you expect Minnesota to be a, a pretty tough hang uh, up in the barn this year. So I, yeah. I'm already looking. Indiana goes up there on a Wednesday night. Just, oh, I, don't like, I don't like that. Yeah, no. I, I did, would you take Indiana plus 10? On a Wednesday night in the barn. On a Wednesday night in the barn, would you take Indiana plus ten? I don't know. My only thing, my, my only, I think I would, and here's why. It's all you almost never get blown out at the barn, right? You don't win up there, but you always lose in some insane, uh, deranged fashion that usually yeah. involves something happening in the last thirty seconds. So it's tough to get it pushed out to ten points, but yeah. Like I said, every every coach now like that's been in the league long enough to remember what it was like when Minnesota was had a pulse is now thinking about having to go up to the barn and just like they're they're that, already mad about like Minnesota's already up <laughs> six nothing on them like before they even yeah. get in there. It's just uh it's the voodoo uh, magic. It is. Um but anyway, chugging right along. I'm gonna take a quick time check here. We're at twenty six minutes. We're going to just want to make sure because we've got Indiana now who is for all they are not, they are fourth in the big 10 with one of the more schizophrenic weeks to start the season, uh, including a gutless loser blowout loss to the Cornhuskers, 86 to 70, followed it up by a gutsy and impressive multiple comebacks within the game win over Ohio state at home, 71 to 65 Christopher, what are we expecting from the Indiana Hoosiers going forward? We said a couple months ago, check back in January. It's January. Have we learned anything? I don't think we've learned anything. I think the question marks are, are still the same. I, I will say this. It's another month. <laughs> no, but like, like really, like, again, check back in and, Three weeks. I think after the holidays, you looked at their upcoming schedule um, and just looking at it through the lens of, hey, if this team is going to make the NCAA tournament, they probably needed to go at least four and four minimum in this kind of eight game stretch in in January. Um, Ideally, probably five and three, you pick off one of these, um, one of the the ranked teams that that are going to they're going to be playing Um, for all the, my big takeaway this week, especially after the game on Saturday um, for all of the headaches and frustrations that he brings, Indiana is unequivocally better with Xavier Johnson. And um, he just, he just gives them an element that they were sorely lacking and and Gabe, Gabe cups performed admirably in the role that he, um, you know, kind of got 
thrust into, but um, you you can see kind of what this team is supposed to be like at its at its best, especially with the level that you know Malik Renew has started to play at this year. Like it's, I think they have the talent to be a tournament team, whether you know they can bring it on a consistent night to night basis is really the the main question mark. And I think kind of this week is indicative of that. Like when they play hard and give a full effort, they're usually competitive and have a good chance to win when they go gutless loser mode, the wheels fall off pretty fast. Still no bad losses. That's so, that's so true. No (laughs) bad losses. What's Indiana's worst loss? They don't have a bad one. It's uh, it's the Nebraska game, by the way. Yeah, I mean, and I thought you, you kind of saw you kind of saw both teams that Indiana can beat this week. Um, mm-hmm. You can you can look at the Nebraska game. You can see a Xavier Johnson completely out of control, um, and and really that infecting everybody else. I mean, the amount of times these guys put their heads down and dribbled into a clogged lane and lost the ball, threw their hands up, looked at the ref for help was just, it was maddening. I mean, it it was, it was truly like loser basketball. And the idea that these guys have played in this conference enough. Woody has seen this conference enough. You only need about a season (laughs) and a half to understand you are going to get the calls that you earn. Um, the team that's playing harder is going to get a better whistle. It happens night in and night out. Uh, and if you are just going to constantly look for them to bail you out, not do the things that you're supposed to do uh, to to win basketball games, those whistles are not going to come. They'll, they will let you get tackled in the lane and take the basketball from you and then start jogging back down the court because they have nothing for you. Whereas you take the Ohio State game, you have a team. You have Xavier Johnson playing completely under control. You have a coaching staff that I think has finally recognized that there is some merit in moving Johnson off the ball mm-hmm. and letting Galloway initiate the offense. Galloway finished with seven assists to one turnover against Ohio State. Xavier Johnson had eighteen points because they kept changing up the look. This team is a is like one really good combo guard away from mm-hmm. being an absolute menace. They didn't get it in the portal. Um, we've talked that to death, but but I think they're they're much closer to a uh to a real threat in the Big 10 than they're being given credit for. But that missing guard has just created an unbalance an imbalance in the roster that's just very hard to combat. Uh but we saw mm-hmm. some three guard lineups against Ohio State. Now that CJ Gunn is giving them something off the bench. Uh, obviously his emergence goes a long way in changing the trajectory of Indiana's season. Um, but it, Malik Renew, we've talked about this uh, on the podcast. We've talked about it in text. That guy's going to be, I mean, if that guy stays at Indiana for four years, he's a first team all American by the time he leaves. You, you see, you see it all there. It's still, it's still coming together, but you, you see it coming together. Uh, so I just, yeah, I, I thought what was really impressive with him um, Saturday night is he didn't really have a great first half. No. Um, he was kind of getting frustrated, but I'm not sure. Other, like, Obviously, Zach Eady would be a tough matchup 
for him just given the height differential. I'm not sure there's anybody that can guard him one-on-one in the post in this conference. Yeah. Well, it, I am looking forward to the – I don't know how often Renu and Edie will get matched up. It's, it's going to depend mm-hmm. on how well Khalil wears playing that week and uh, and in that game. But uh, we've joked about how uh, Purdue fans have run out of ways to compliment Zach Edie, so they zeroed in on his footwork, which makes no sense. <laughs> it's actually probably one of the least impressive parts of his game. Um if they match Malik Renew up to him and him, you a big who actually does have elite NBA level footwork, uh, mm-hmm. they're gonna get, they're gonna learn. <laughs> they're, gonna, yeah. they're gonna learn what good, what what good footwork from a big looks like, and it's uh, uh, Renew's ability to hold his pivot foot is. Uh, uh, I, I get excited every time. I just like like bounce up and down <laughs> in my seat. Like, look at he's holding his pivot foot. He's going all over the place. Um, also, as an aside, I had the Malik Renew burger today at Big Woods. Um, yeah, pretty good stuff. I pretty good. Li- listen, you put a you put bacon and onion ring on a burger, like it's going to be real hard to screw it up at that point. <laughs> so, I, yeah, uh, I my my last thing with with Indiana is that um, there's a been a lot of. Um, kind of frustration this season with Woody and the the rotations. I think he coached a really good game against Ohio State, especially in the second half. Um, I don't think he's really been shy about, hey, I'm I have no qualms about just sticking with what's what's working. Um we saw early in the season they would finish with the three guard lineup with with cups and the two bigs. Um Saturday they had uh they finished with with gun in that spot and um, a lot of Anthony Walker and kind of Caleb Banks at the at the four. I think that's really that shows. Um, I think Woody has a good read on what he has with this team. It's just making it. I think he probably has to get on these guys a little bit harder to make sure that they're yeah. playing hard every single night. Um, which isn't terribly surprising given all the new faces and the youth on the roster. Also you, you can't be as big as Indiana is and rebound this poorly. That's just. Yeah. And some of it on Saturday was Ohio state was missing a lot of jump shots. And with the amount of of three point shots, that Indiana's defense is kind of designed to allow that that does lead to some long rebounds. But again, like, yeah, play a little bit harder, like put in a little bit more effort, and you'll be. Yeah, I really don't think the rebounding issue is from the is from the post players. I I think it's a guard issue, and that's yeah. the one thing that I thought Gabe Cups did bring uh, the team because he he really isn't. He, he's a freshman. He's figuring. You know, he's he's playing high school ball this time last year. So I'm not. I don't want to say that I don't think he's a good player, but what? But really, the only thing that he was consistently in my mind contributing to the team during his cameos as a starter while Xavier Johnson was hurt was bringing strong rebounding from the guard position. And when you're going to give up the amount of three pointers that Indiana gives up, you have got to have guards that rebound and Xavier Johnson and Trey Galloway have too good positional size to be as bad at rebounding as they are. I Um, I think that's where uh, CJ gun can give them a lot mm -hmm. of, a lot of help. I agree. 
Yeah. So, so let's see. We are at okay, ten minutes pretty much on the nose. So we you're welcome, everybody. We did it. Uh fifth place. We've already we're gonna get into people that we've already sort of talked about here. Illinois. Obviously, we talked about the loss to Purdue. Preceding that loss to Purdue, they beat the ever-loving shit out of Northwestern, 96-66, to their first game without Terrence Shannon, uh, which led everyone to believe that they were going to be uh, uh, good enough to go into Mackey and win the game. Um, is there anything about the Northwestern-Illinois game that interests you or that we haven't said about Illinois yet? Marcus Damascus has taken over the throne as the Big Ten's uh... – from your booty ball player. Ooh. So there's there's that. A a worthy throne indeed. He kind of had uh, Fletcher Lawyer in hell for a little bit on the stretch. That's not, that, that's not that hard to do. No, though. but like, it was... <laughs> you know, we always say like, hey, we... You know, if a team is deliberately hunting a guy for sport, um, <laughs> Fletcher Lawyer appears to be one of the more frequent... Uh, He's just freaking guys in in the sights, just constantly sprinting through like a forest, half naked, just breathing heavy, terrifying. <laughs> bullets are hitting trees. He's he, he's hearing predator sounds like <laughs> off in the distance. The three red dots are like on his chest. <laughs> oh god, he's got me in the mid post again. Oh man. Oh, that's good. That's good stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll get to Northwestern here in a minute, but I, I uh, do want to. I have a, a question that I noticed um, when I was watching them against Purdue. What the hell happened to Dane Danger? Does he just not play anymore? No, he's kind of on the. We should actually probably put together like whatever the opposite of an all Big Ten team is like. Guys who are really good that just mysteriously stopped playing, and you've you got Dane Danger in the post and Connor Asijan in the backcourt. <laughs> it's just <laughs> hey, um, kind of cooked against uh Nebraska, he, he did. He made, he made listen, he made the most of his cameo. Um, now it's uh, now it's back to the cells for you, Connor. Let <laughs> <laughs> you out of here, get back in there. Um, yeah, Dane Danger's minute share is basically half of what it was last year. Uh, he remains an extremely efficient scorer, so I'm not fully sure what's Brad Underwood's cooking here. Like, are they just um, fully committed to, hey, we're going to play five out with Coleman Hawkins, and that's probably, like, our best bet. That kind of seems like, I think, like, yeah, that would I guess be your closing five. But it's just weird to me that a guy that played – such a big role for them last year is just kind of a, a non-factor. Especially after Shannon's gone down. I, you know, right. you, would, you would think that uh, not again, not that they're a one for one switch at all, but it, it would appear that the, you know, the primary benefactor of, uh, of Shannon going down to Luke Goody. And I just, what? <laughs> I just don't, I, uh, I mean, I guess he's, He's a good three point shooter. That can't take that from him. But there's uh there's other things that you know need to be done on the basketball court, and I just uh I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Uh Ohio State um held on against Rucker at home before their loss to Indiana. They were up 
If they didn't get to 20, they were close uh, being up on Rucker at home. And then they were sweating it there at the end. Uh, is this They always of, play weird games. Is like this Ohio State more, Rucker. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the rules get suspended for short periods of <laughs> time. Uh, it's, a, it's a vibes thing. Um, yeah. Uh, they did get taken to the brink. This obviously wasn't a conference game, but on a couple days before the new year, they played West Virginia um, in some sort of uh, neutral court exempt event in uh, um, Cleveland, which I'm sure mm-hmm. was scheduled with the idea that uh, that was going to be a Huggins coached ball club. Uh, West Virginia, for those who don't know, sucks. Um, <laughs> and took Ohio State – to overtime before the uh, the close shave with winless uh, Rutgers. Yeah, they were up 13 at halftime, um, and it got it got bigger than that in the second half. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, this Ohio State team obviously we just we just watched them up close. Um, not there's no there's, there's no one on there doing anything for me. Um, no, there. I mean, I think. This this feels like an eight or nine seed in the NCAA tournament. I think that's kind of yeah. the vibe, and th- just no threat. Even if they win that game, just no threat at all to whatever one seed they yeah. get. I mean, they're not. Yeah. Um, Bruce Thornton though, uh, extremely Hooper pilled. Uh, really yeah. like watching. <laughs> really like watching him. He's uh, yeah. He actually reminded me a lot of like a, a slightly more polished version of uh, the Mac kid for Harvard. Um. Yeah. Just a just a bucket getter, um, extremely, yeah. extremely. It's kind of nice like a it. reminds me a little bit of like a Big Ten running back, just kind of that short, stocky. Like, yeah, he's he's gonna get to wherever he wants on the court and like oh, try to bully ball you a little bit in the post. Penn State had a guy like Penn State had a guy like that not that long ago. Why can't I remember his name? I'm gonna find it um, because he was playing in a, DJ Newbill. Mm, yeah. You, like more skilled than you think um, mm-hmm. when you look at his size, but uh, but still also just an extremely downhill dude, and just uh, just kind of gets buckets. Um, uh, yeah, so the, the broadcast wouldn't shut up about Jamison Battle. Like, yeah, guy hits three pointers, but he's uh, he is he is burnt toast on defense. Uh, just. Nah. Yeah, he's he's out there for one reason. It's to to <laughs> hit. To, I'll give him this. Like he hit he hit some tough shots. Yeah, he he had some tough shots. He had some he had some bad turnovers. Do you know how hard it is, based on how Ken Palm calculates your offensive rating, to hit five three pointers in a game and only run a one oh eight? It's very hard to do because, like that. That offensive rating, probably for good reason. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm questioning it. I'm just saying that this is what I've observed. You can game that rating by just hitting a bunch of three pointers, which is all yeah. he did. But he like also turned the- Miller Cops' offensive rating was always like insanely yeah. high because he'd be like four for seven, and that's the only yeah. time like a possession would end with him. Yeah, Nick Nick Zysoft would catch the ball five times in the game, and four times it would go in the hoop, and he'd have an offensive rating of like 140. You know, yeah. it's just it. It's it, and so. The the five turnovers were just uh, all all at extremely inopportune times. Uh, having the night he was having, shooting the ball, and then having the dreaded 
catch the ball in the corner and oops, your foot's out of bounds. Uh, though he did, he did change it up a little bit. Usually it's your heel off the sideline. In this case, he was standing on the baseline. Um, but uh, it all plays the same. So, yeah, I just... I, I, um, I kind of thought this before the season, and I was really hoping that um, Holtman would continue to to ride this. Um, Felix Akpara is a menace. He's a he's a dude. He's a dude. Like it, it's kind of where like, you can I, you can see where Ohio State's headed if they yeah. can keep these guys together. Right. Uh, Gale didn't have a good game, but he's having a pretty decent season. Like you this team hitting. with with Thorn, uh, not Thorn, um, Sensabaugh from last year. Like, oh yeah, shoot. Would be yeah, the, the dreaded sick. guy got too good too quick. Uh, now he's not yeah. here. Indiana also feel like imagine last night's game with Sensabaugh and uh, Hood Shafino in it. <laughs> A far more high level game probably gets played, but that's okay. I uh, I I did think that uh, from a coaching standpoint. Holtman's kind of behind the eight ball against a lot of the guys of the Big Ten, and, and Woody's one of those guys. I, I thought that IU did a great job of adjusting back to what Ohio State was giving them, and mm-hmm. and there was just there was no answer from Ohio State other than let's keep trying to get our paws on our long misses and and keep yeah. and to an extent I get like Holtman talked about that in the post game. He's like you know from the field level, I thought those I thought they were good looks, and he's not wrong, but. I think at some point you got to stop hoping your shots are going to go in and just try and figure something else out because they were, yeah. it seemed like with every miss, it just increased the chance they were going to miss again. Uh, they were yeah. just, they were pressing real hard to get that sort of big, you know, blood stopping uh, three point shot to go in and they, they couldn't string those together. Um, yeah. When I thought, especially Indiana was particularly vulnerable uh, in the lane because certainly not the best defensive night from where or renew, but it just never really got exposed because Ohio state wasn't interested in playing a basketball game down there. Mm-hmm. So uh, moving right along, Nebraska beat the shit out of Indiana and then uh, lost their ass up at the Cole center. <sighs> Nebraska, a bit of a darling uh, for this podcast, kind of treading water, 12 and three, two and two. Um, going to Purdue next, or sorry, hosting Purdue no, next. They... Yeah, they don't match up them with them terribly. No, if, if Mast can stay on the floor, that's kind of the yeah the thing because he's really the only one with size. But they, I mean, they've got like they've got big wings that can theoretically give them trouble. I mean, they they shoot. And you know, Hoiberg's not, well. I mean, Hoiberg's not going to be afraid to just spread them out. So yeah, turn it into uh, a track meet and try to to yeah. bomb them out. Get Edie running up and down the floor. See how see how long he can stay with it. Um, you know, Illinois. Kind of going back to that, they got the two two early fouls on Edie and got you know the luxury of playing a big stretch of time without him on the floor, and that's where they. Uh, they they put a lot of their work in. So if Nebraska, you know, hostile home environment, um, 
with a, a host of twitchier athletes up and down the roster than, than Purdue can counter with. Catch Edie in a, you know, in a bad screen or in a bad spot, despite his legendary footwork, uh, try and get him off the court and start making hay. Um, yeah. But they're kind of, we were talking earlier about teams that can threaten for the crown of the Big Ten. You know, you can't just be, you can't just match up well with Purdue. You got to, you got to also be able to to play out the entire season. And I think Nebraska is kind of that later example where could they, could they knock off Purdue in a one game sample? Absolutely. Do I see them as someone that's going to be there in March competing for the big 10 crown? No, I, I don't think they've got the consistency. Um, one of the tougher schedules too. So. Yeah. I mean, you saw uh, it, you saw it this week when it's going well, they can run a team like Indiana out of the gym. I mean, they, kind of did the same thing to to Michigan State um yeah in December but um a disciplined team like Wisconsin um it, it, when the shots aren't aren't falling like like yeah. they can be um they're also a it's a lot different trouble. for Nebraska away from Pinnacle yeah. Bank than it yeah, is definitely. there which again we said at the top of the show is uh a lot of these second tier Big Ten teams are, are right there. So, do they have any shot to beat Purdue in Mackey? No, but they don't have to play them at Mackey. They got to play them at, at home. So, uh, you know, they're they're a different team there than they'll than they'll be, for example, later later next week when they're uh, playing Iowa on the road. So, um, good luck with all that. Penn State got thumped at the Breslin Center by Michigan State, ninety two. To sixty-one, but then turn around and beat Penn State or beat beat Michigan, coached by Phil Bartelli uh, at the Palestra today, seventy-nine to seventy-three, a score line that I will say flatters Michigan's effort in the second half. Um, yeah. Uh, anything here that's interesting about Penn State? I I don't. That's I don't not find a, them interesting. No, <laughs> like there's I, they're kind of a, a non factor in the in the grand scheme of things uh maybe a little friskier or competitive than i i thought they were going to be i don't think um really anything again, outside of kanye I, clary is just not i don't care yeah like there's nothing yeah. there that's going to be um like i i really don't see like any of these guys uh being part of it they're I realize it's, they're a big time portal team. You know, th- these guys have all come from somewhere else. And yeah, I um, mean, it's, it's year zero. I don't think you yeah can really draw a ton of conclusions. I, I think, you know, if the bottom falls out and they finish, I think they probably go like five and 15 in the conference. If I had to guess something like that. Yeah. They, Certainly, their their two and two start more of a product of uh, who they've played more than how they've played. Um, yeah, and uh, would you could say that you know for a lot of teams in the conference. So uh, Northwestern uh, got dropped by Illinois, as previously stated, and they are currently up seventeen on Michigan State yeah. in the theater of dreams in Evanston, Illinois. Um. Nah. Is, uh, 
Funny win over Purdue, but I really these guys don't do much for me. No, it's it's tiresome. <laughs> we were talking about it before the <laughs> before the podcast. Like they're just a, they're a tough hang to watch every night. They they grind it out and Boo Boo is kind of getting a little mellow tremble ish for me. Yeah, in the it, in the in the foul baiting. It's not entirely his fault. He's in. You know, like yeah. he he was really kind of again as as we talked about he. He was definitely their best player last year, but the supporting cast at least had a pulse. There was mm-hmm. there was somewhere else you could go with the ball, but right oh man. I mean just Brooks, Barnheiser, Ty Berry, Nick Martinell, I just it's not it's just it's not good. Um we're uh can they get yeah, to I, the tournament though? Yeah, I mean they're I think they're in that same tier with Nebraska, Indiana, kind of those fringe teams that will probably have a couple of, of decent wins that will look good on a resume, but especially in Northwestern's case, they've got that Chicago State albatross and Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am besmirching Ty Berry, by the way. He's got eighteen points on six yeah. of nine shooting. Two boards, two assists, two steals. Pretty good night. Pretty good night yeah, against Tom Izzo. Uh, uh, and Boo Booey is uh, not shooting the ball well, but he's got 10 assists and zero turnovers. So uh, it's tough to win at the Theater of Dreams, as Tom Izzo is currently experiencing. I don't necessarily want to say this game's over, but um, they got to. They got to make up. It's down to four. It is down to 14 now with nine minutes left. So uh, check back on them here towards the end. But yeah, uh, I mean, there's so many, so many of these teams are like, Hey, check back in, in two weeks. Which <laughs> I recognize does not make for great podcasting or analysis, but that's kind of the reality of where yeah. this conference is at this juncture of the season. Yeah try and speed things up here a little bit because we want to talk about the games going next week. But uh, Michigan State, uh, as we they beat the pants off Penn State, they're playing Northwestern right now. I just – the talent's there. I don't know where the results are. Um, they've, they've been playing so well, like, over the last couple of weeks too, which is why yeah. it's kind of surprising that they're getting beat like this by Northwestern. Like, that, that win they had against uh, Indiana State, over the break, like was an impressive, impressive win. Um, yeah. It no, they're staring. Down the last couple of weeks doesn't. It hasn't been as much. Just like get on Tyson Walker's back and hope he carries you to the right to the win. It's been a little more, a little more balanced and um, cohesive. Yeah, Hogard's got ten. Aikens has ten tonight. You know they're. Yeah. They're putting together Malik Hall's got zero uh with two turnovers. And that's, that's probably why they're Yeah. It's it's so f- funny. Because like I remember last year there was such a big um um disparity between how well Michigan State performed with Malik Hall and without given like the type of player he is and like how frustrating he can be. Like it's it's just 
very strange to me that an Izzo team is this kind of dependent on getting production from from him. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with that. Um, Iowa lost at Wisconsin, uh, beat Rutger pretty handily at home. <sighs> They're nine and six, one and three in the Big Ten. I'm not interested. I don't. No. They're, it's a lot of tough this guys is, to look at. I don't. This is care. probably the worst offensive team Fran has had in probably, what, five, six seasons? Yeah, and they're still really good, but just – Like, they're, they're still really good, but, like, they're but they have like, to be, I'm I so mean, used- They have to be, like, a top five offense to offset the fact that they don't – they don't run back on defense. They're <laughs> <laughs> just generally not interested in doing literally anything else on a basketball yeah, court. It's like being a being the twenty fifth most efficient offense in the country uh, with their defense means you're nine and six. So, yeah. um, no, I, no good. I mean, their best win Seton Hall, which is getting better all the time. But I, there's just nah. I don't. I don't see them. Uh, I, they're going to be susceptible to some bad, bad blowouts in the Big Ten, I think. Um, yeah. When their shots aren't falling on the road and uh, and then the other team is getting literally whatever they want uh, on yeah. the other end. So, um, obviously going to be frustrating to have to, to come to Carver-Hawkeye as it always is, but uh, yeah, I don't think Indiana has to do that this year. So, that's nice. Uh, no. Maryland kind of continued doing the Maryland stuff. They lost to Purdue. They've lost to Minnesota. Uh, they got to fire him. They have to. Right? That's all I like until they do that. It's nothing else matters. He's, he's in over his head. It's not working. Um, I know it, you're it, a connoisseur of their message board. What's, what's the temperature? Um, of the fan base with Turgeon or not oh, Turgeon I, Willard. Oh, I, <laughs> they're the same picture. <laughs> it's, uh, no, they, they want him gone. They're done. Yeah. Um, Mar- Maryland and Indiana fans, I think, uh, would find they have more in common than they don't. Yeah. Uh, kind of cut from the same cloth. They, they know what they know what a good basketball program is supposed to look like. And they know what a yeah. good coach is supposed to look like. And they know they, they can tolerate a rebuilding that is building towards something that is a recognizably good basketball team. Um, that's not happening like that. That's the thing. It's not even about what Willard's doing right now. Hey, actually throw on the brakes. Kevin Willard did get a commit for next season. Really? Ma- yeah. Malachi Palmer, come on down. Um, you what are is he, like a six, seven, Wing that can't shoot. He is a six-five shooting guard. Uh, um, he's a he's a four-star on the two-four-seven sports composite. He had offers from Arizona State, Creighton, DePaul, and Georgetown. Um, sure. This says he had an offer from Kansas, but. Hmm. Was it a real offer? Yeah. You know, or was it like a 
also he has not signed. He's just a hard commit. So um, that's uh, that's where we're at. I yeah. I mean, I I'm, I've there's there's really no point in paying attention to Maryland. Their their team is checked out. They've got no idea what they're doing. Um, uh, with the game on the line today, Kevin Willard drew up a play for Noah Batchelor to shoot a three pointer. Uh, Noah Batchelor shooting thirty two percent on three pointers this year. Um, it's just, just a complete disconnect between the roster and the coaching staff. They, uh, they clearly don't have a feel for one another. The coach has no feel for his team. The team has no feel for their coach. They're going in completely different directions. Uh, it, it's over. It, I understand it's only year two, but it's over. It's, it's actually, to me, it's very similar to Archie at Indiana. Um, it, it was, it, it's evident, you know, very early on that this is just not going to work. Um, and the sooner you, the sooner you accept that, like the sooner that the administration's like, ah, fuck, we blew it, uh, <laughs> the better off the program's going to be. Um, and uh, it, it's embarrassing. It, it might get you fired, but uh, don't, you know, don't stand by your dude because you're just going to get fired anyway. So at least you can tell your next interview. Uh, I, I did what I needed to do when I needed to do it. So uh, good luck with all that, Maryland. Um, <laughs> uh, and eat shit and die. <laughs> I don't care about you. I will. It's uh, you guys. You guys suck. Um, and and it's awesome. So uh, Michigan lost Minnesota, lost to Penn State. That uh, Joan Howard's getting fired. <laughs> the, but, <laughs> They're playing for a national championship tomorrow in the sport they care about. So uh, there's no reason to waste any more words on this. Who cares? Yeah. They suck. Um, and then Rucker, the only winless team in the Big Ten, lost to Ohio State, lost at Iowa. Um, they've had to, you know, they they've only played three Big Ten games, two of them on the road. Neither of them easy. To, you know, it's not it's not easy to beat Ohio State at home. Uh, just because Ohio State's like one of the better teams of the Big Ten, not because Ohio State's home atmosphere is anything interesting. Um, it's like kind of playing at an AAU event, but um, uh, <laughs> it's it's not it's not easy to win at Carver Hawkeye, regardless of how bad uh, uh, Iowa may be in a given year. But the, Rutgers, uh, this guard situation is <laughs> it is dire. Yeah, and because I'm a hater, I will need to point out. Dylan Harper has not signed a national letter of intent. <laughs> Something to monitor. Something to keep an eye on. Uh, and I also just, again, I'm, I'm not saying those kids aren't good, you know, but I would just be extremely weary of, uh, or wary, extremely wary of thinking that two freshmen are going to come in and, and, and turn this all around overnight. Cause that's as long as they're, they're just going to be there overnight. Right. <laughs> they're, they're yeah. not, these are not building blocks for the future. It, no. It's huge for Rucker to get guys like that. I don't like the fact that they, at least one of them has signed on the dotted line is huge for the program. Um, you know, you, that's how, that's how momentum happens. Uh, but this team is in a very, very bad place right now. Um, uh, and it's it's going to take more than those two guys, uh, and and expectations need to be. T- you, you, 
the idea that these freshmen are going to come right in and just blow doors off is, uh, I think, misguided. So, uh, yeah. Anything guys, on record? They, no, they suck. I'm going to be so pissed <laughs> off when Indiana loses to them yeah. on Tuesday. <laughs> Speaking of, um, we do have uh, we do have a week of Big Ten games ahead of us once again. Um, and let's uh, we're going to go. We're going to highlight a few of them using the categories we always use. First, we'll start with the uh, games on category. These are games that are actually worth watching. Uh, up first, I've got. Wisconsin at Ohio State Wednesday at 8.30. Um, should be a good one. Um, a nice test for a Wisconsin team that hasn't had to do much away from home yet. This will be uh, easily there, um, certainly in conference, but it would uh, – Oh no, they beat God, I keep forgetting they went and beat Michigan State. That game was uh, I always Michigan think that game was State. at the Kohl Center because it was such that, a goddamn beat. That's one of my biggest complaints about the splits, like the the way the Big Ten does their schedule now. And I know you've got to fit in the twenty games or whatever. It's probably right. gonna be like twenty four by within the next couple of seasons, but you kind of just lose such like like Michigan State's been on a tear for a couple weeks, and you're gonna look. I was like, "Oh shit, they're one and three. They're gonna be one and three in the Big Ten." Yeah. <laughs> so, I, you know, I think that'll be a good game. Um, yeah, I like think. It, it, yeah, can Wisconsin do it away from home? I think. Yeah, I think Ohio State is perfectly capable of beating them. I think it'll be a competitive, competitive game. Would yeah. would Ohio be a good State win not- for for either side. Not known, not known particularly to have a particularly harsh road atmosphere uh, yeah. at the Value City Arena or whatever. It just feels like it's God. It's just a one of the more soulless. Uh, yeah, it, it has the ambiance of like a um, of like a mall in a, a mid sized like metropolitan, yeah, like midwestern city. Like it's like Glenbrook Mall in like Fort Wayne. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh, but should, should, should be a good game. Uh, all that said, that's on BTN at eight 30. Uh, other one I've got is, uh, in the games on category, Michigan state at Illinois, uh, believe that game's on Thursday at 9 PM on FS one Michigan state looking like they're probably going to lose here. There it's still 13 points with under five to go against Northwestern. So, uh, but classic, classic is a spot to march on into Illinois and uh, yeah. put the screws in them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Um, it does take a little, like, it. it is not, it's not a bummer, but, like, it. it's hard to look at some of these matchups, like, involving Illinois and think, like, oh, like, two top 20 teams, like, matching up, like, the the Shannon situation definitely does take away like some of the some of the juice from the yeah. matchup, um, but I I still think these are probably two of the best. I still like talent wise. I I would probably have Michigan State. If Illinois has any interest in in, in making a legitimate run at the Big Ten title, they they got to have this one. Yeah, got to have it. Um, 
Michigan State, I don't think is gonna is gonna be a, a contender there if they, but they can turn their top four aspirations around if they can go yeah. into Champaign and get a W. So that, unlike the other game, will be a raucous home atmosphere because uh, while all Illinois fans do deserve to be in prison, uh, they do make for a very hostile environment to play basketball in. So, yeah. Uh, moving on to the Bardo Zone. As we were just talking about, Indiana at Rutger, Tuesday, 7 p.m. on Peacock. God. Another trip to the grindhouse. You know, I looked up, and it, it was actually sooner than I thought it was. When's the last time that Indiana won a game in Piscataway? Um, and wouldn't oh, you know it? Because I thought, I thought we'd have to go back to Cream. Um, but wouldn't you know it, Archie pulled it off. Uh, back in, I believe, 2018. Um, was it the Romeo team? It was the Romeo team, or no? Uh, that would have been the 2019. That would have been the 2019 team, right? Yeah, 20. This is yeah. the year. This is 2018, the year before Romeo. So, okay. The uh, the <laughs> the last Josh Newkirk team. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Uh, something about those pit point guards. <laughs> just, um, Guess and, we need Xavier Johnson to go Josh Newkirk mode. <laughs> he went. Um, Josh Newkirk came off the bench in that game, uh, missed four shots, and turned the ball over three times. So you'll you'll um, love to see it. He was not a factor. Um, this was a. Uh, uh, this was basically this was all Jawan Morgan. Jawan Morgan put up twenty four points. Robert yeah. Johnson chipped in nineteen. Um, they they beat Rucker by twenty two points. Mind you, Rucker was one hundred thirty eighth on Ken Palm. I think that was Michael's <laughs> first year. Um, Probably uh, second year. Second year, um, yeah. But really, before they kind of they they were still kind of figuring out who they were. Yeah, uh, that was a Corey Sanders team. Uh-huh. Um, they did uh, – uh, that was the year that the Big Ten Conference Tournament was in New York City. New York, yeah. Cool. <laughs> Thanks. Because uh, we, we played it – yeah, they, they played the Big Ten Conference Tournament a year er, – or a week early Work to order, play yeah. at Market, Market Square Garden. Um, so, you know, so as not to uh, uh, wedge in on the, on the Big East. So we played it during, <laughs> you know – championship week with all the other team the one bid conferences yeah uh just one of the more debasing things this conference has ever done fuck you Jim um, Delaney. yeah you motherfucker <laughs> that's so i'm getting mad all over again uh that record is the reason we have gesturing wildly all this shit going on in college <laughs> this sports podcast is basically here because of jim delaney do you hate this podcast good it's jim delaney's fault um Post they, his address on the internet. The Scarlet Knights would get their revenge on that Indiana team, by the way, by uh, beating us in the Big Ten tournament. So, uh, very a, cool. Indiana, be a serious basketball program. Go win that game, please. It would be so tight. Like, please, just, please. You don't even. You don't need to blow them out. Just one more point than the Scarlet Knights at the Grindhouse one time. Um, I don't ask for much. Maybe, maybe just you know what? Maybe just a close game at the under four. Like it's be com- be competitive in a road game. Look like you want to be there playing basketball. I asked so little. Um, 
The rest of the Bardo zones, a double dip of Northwestern, who frankly may be the most Bardo zone team we've seen in some time. Um, yeah. I've got I've got them at Penn State Wednesday, 6.30 BTN, which is an extremely Bardo. Uh, that's, just, that's just the Bardo's. That is the Bardo zone spot. That is the Bardo zone. Yeah. So there they are. Um, that's who who cares about that game at all. And then they play at Wisconsin, a nooner on Saturday on BTN. Um, I bet that game ends up closer than it should be. That just call it a hunch. Is that new? If Wisconsin, if Wisconsin dump trucks Northwestern at home in that spot, then I, I'll really believe as that they're that they're in this for the long haul. But that's got a classic, classic. Uh, that's got a stench all over it. That's good. Um, yeah, it's going to be an 11 a.m. local tip. Time. That's got shit ball. Right <laughs> I can't wait. I'm gonna I'm gonna earmark that one. I think there's going to be like eight inches what, of snow on the ground by that point. I was going to say, snow. what's what's the weather forecast? Are we getting like some outside shots yeah. of Madison like fighting through a blizzard? Oh yeah, there's going to be like 18 people at the game, and they're going to interview folks. Them it might be cold outside, but the weather the game but it's four, not been up. That's this one guy hits a three pointer. <laughs> yeah this this has like twelve nine at the U eight timeout in the first yep. half. Yeah, all over it. Yep, I'm I am I'm not just like napping on the couch. I'm in stage four REM sleep. Like you, <laughs> you would need a gong to wake me up. Um, <laughs> it's uh, fantastic. And then the Jeff Goodman Access Merchant Game of the Week, folks. Can I offer you Michigan at Maryland, 7 p.m. on Fox Sports 1 this Thursday? Man, I bet the execs thought this one was going to be a banger when they scheduled it. <laughs> they were like, oh, we got two big brands going at it. Kevin Willard, Juwan Howard, though, who knows who will be coaching Michigan for this game? It's probably going to be Crimes. So <laughs> good luck to him. He gets an easy he gets an easy one to start with. Just uh, And, uh, yeah. So which which of these teams wants it less? That's going to be that it's going to be truly incredible. Um, like honestly, just clear out and let Jameer Young and Doug McDaniel play a one on one. That'll be Maryland, more entertaining than anything else. We we already know that Michigan doesn't give a shit about their coach. If Maryland cares about Willard at all, they win this game and they win it doubtlessly. Um. If they sleepwalk through this one, win or lose, I'm looking at their body language. If they don't give a shit, if you know, if Jameer Young's just going out there to get his 25 points, yeah. Julian Reese is working on some working on his offensive bag outside the lane, then that just could not be more clear. We don't give a shit about Willard, and that's just going to reinforce what I've already said. And I'm not saying that just because they win that game, you shouldn't fire Willard, but I'm saying. If these guys cared at all about them, they're going to win this game. Yeah, like if they're already quitting in early January. Yeah. Because you're not just quitting on the season at that point. You're quitting on him. Like, yeah. your season's over, right? Like, it's you guys didn't do jack shit in the non-conference. Um, your, your losses are looking worse and worse as, <laughs> as, the, as, the, uh, as the season goes on. <laughs> UAB's down to 167 on Ken Palm. Yeah. Um, that UCLA win is aging like milk. 
uh, Mick Cronin's probably getting fired. Yeah, <laughs> holy cow. <laughs> yeah, uh, we. But he's got. He's take. I think he's taking the Louisville job after this yeah, year. For let's what not it's spend worth. too much time on that though, because we don't have to talk about UCLA till next year. And uh, <laughs> so true. They're not in the Big Ten yet. So, uh, Chris, anything else you want to say about any of these dog shit teams? No, kind of a crappy slate this week. <laughs> it's going to be a funny thing to say every single week. <laughs> I was going to say, he says every single week. Yeah. It's like, oh, all these games suck. I've <laughs> been saying that since <laughs> it's February. Um, I do want to anyway, – I was going to look at this um, before we started. Um, right now on, on Torvik, um, doing their tourney cast thing, it gives – they do like the bid distribution. We've got uh, the most likely outcome right now is five tournament teams. That still just feels high. Yeah. Uh, 27% oh. of chance of six, 11% chance of four, and then a smattering of probability for some others. So pretty nice. shitty year. Um, cool, cool, cool. Well, um, thanks so much for listening everybody. Sorry. We haven't gotten to our Chris Kramer awards or our questions in our inbox. That's crimes job. And, uh, without him, we, uh, we just don't want to, sorry. You're lucky we're getting an episode anyways. <laughs> yeah. Leave us alone. Um, we're busy. If you're, if There's so inclined. Yeah, if so inclined, check us out on X, the Everything app, presented by Elon Musk. You can find Crimes at Tommy underscore Crimes. You can find me at Babar ESQ, and you can find Chris at Chris Shooty Three. And follow the pods for updates and in the moment Big Ten riffs at Games on Pod. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or rants, feel free to email us at GamesOnPod at gmail dot com. We will check that sometime soon, and by we, I do mean Crimes. Um, and our intro and outro music is Sports FM by Shane Ivers, courtesy of SilvermanSound.com. We will talk to you next week. Peace. Peace.